Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, here on this um, three-year anniversary of the beginning of the COVID pandemic, we've conspired with the time change and the weather to make sure everybody just stayed home today. Um, <laughs> just to remember the good old days. Uh, <laughs> We continue on this Sunday in our uh, Creed Sermon Series, and this Sunday we'll be talking about the part of the Creed that says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. And as we prepare to do so, please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Your gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. We prayed just a moment ago as we began to read, before we began to read Scripture. Open our hearts and minds by what? The power of your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. That as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today by the power of God's Holy Spirit. During the baptismal liturgy, after one of the clergy baptizes the one who is to be baptized, we say, as we make the sign of the cross on their forehead, May the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born of water and the Spirit, you may be found to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ, who walks in the way that leads to life eternal. May the Holy Spirit work within you. And then I'll walk a child or, or whoever's baptized through the sanctuary and back into the chancel, and I will remind that they've been washed clean forever with the blood of the Holy Spirit, but blood of Jesus Christ, and they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You can see all throughout the New Testament, it talks about people, the people of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yet, if you were to walk into a room of Christians and say, all right, so let's talk about the persons of the Trinity. Talk to me about who God the Father is. And people will say something about God the Father, God the Mother, God as parent. Who's, uh, talk about the second person of the Trinity. Talk about Jesus. People will have a bit to say about Jesus. All right, so talk about the Holy Spirit. And most people will go, I don't know. <laughs> oh, we reference the Holy Spirit often, but I don't know if I have much to say uh, about the Holy Spirit. But as you read Scripture, particularly as you read in the life of the New Testament, the New Testament has a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. In fact, I would argue that in the first decades of the church's life, the Holy Spirit is perhaps who we relied upon and reference 
most. We think about the persons of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit was right out in front. So just go on, uh, online um, at home this afternoon and Google the chronological order of the New Testament books. Look at the New Testament books in chronological order. Uh, what you'll find is that the Gospels, the, the sayings of Jesus that form the Gospels were compiled in book form in the 60s, in the first century, the, in the 60s, across the 60s, generally speaking, the Gospels were put in book form. Now, these sayings about Jesus were shared, well, since the time of Jesus. They'd been shared, but they were written down, compiled into books in the 60s. And what you have is a number of writings, mostly from, from Paul or the apostles, these letters that mostly reference the Holy Spirit as the actor in the formation of the church, the Holy Spirit as the actor in the inner transformation of uh, individual Christian's life, the Holy Spirit as the, the actor in, in keeping the church together in love and unity and, and infusing our witness as we move out into the world. The, the Holy Spirit is the, the hero of the story as the church moves into the world. We, we talk about being the children of God. We talk about being like Jesus. Who's going to help us do it? How, how do we do it? The power of the Holy Spirit at work within you. And having been born of water and the Spirit, you may be found to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit working within you. Some churches talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. It feels like it's all they talk about. We think about these holy rollers. Think about this Pentecostal movement where everybody's praying for folks and, and people are healed or people are fall out in the, in the Spirit. All these kinds of ecstatic kinds of things that you see. I remember being um, in a church in, in South Africa. I was the, the preacher. This was a, I was in college at the time, and, um, uh, or just finished college, and I was the preacher for the occasion. And uh, there was this church that believes a lot in the, the power of the Holy Spirit working, and, and you know, they wanted me to pray for folks at the, at the end. I remember praying for a fellow who, who had a, a bit of an issue with smoking and really wanted to stop you know, this chain smoking problem. And he just fell right out and hit his head on the pew uh, and fell on the ground. And I thought, ooh, uh, call an ambulance. Nobody called an ambulance. They all just sat around and said, oh, he's fallen out in the Holy, by the Holy Spirit. And I said, but he hit his head on the pew. Don't you think we ought to call somebody? Turns out he was just fine. The Spirit does what the Spirit does. So there are these churches where this kind of thing happens a lot. And then there are churches where... We worry about those kinds of emotional displays, and so we, we bring the Holy Spirit out every now and then. 
Pentecost when you can wear red, just one Sunday, one Sunday a year. Holy Spirit, Pentecost, red, and then we tuck the Holy Spirit away, reference the Holy Spirit in songs or in in prayers, but we kind of say, y'all, just chill out. Nobody holy roll down the aisle and we'll, we'll be okay. Let's just make it through one more Sunday without anything getting too crazy. Churches tend to go back and forth. But again, the Holy Spirit, a vital part of our life of faith. I remember uh, years ago, I was part of a board of ordained um, ministry and uh, those meetings are, are long, and the debates uh, can sometimes be a little tedious for me. So I'd often be in the back of the room kind of pacing back and forth and just interjecting when I uh, uh, felt the move of the Spirit or something. And uh, one day we were talking about um, uh, a young woman, African-American. Uh, her pastoral appointment was uh, out um, in East Texas, kind of away from, um, well, everything. And uh, there was some concern uh, about her. Now, she was in a part of Texas, as in uh, many places uh, in, in the South where you get this, where folks were a little concerned with um, lady preachers. Yes, you should cringe. Uh, but this is the way that people would, would say, you know, I just, we don't know. Um, but also that uh, she was African-American in this uh, setting. But the, the major concern that was brought up about her was that she prayed in tongues. <gasps> a gasp across the crowd. I know y'all did it inwardly, not outwardly, but yes, a gasp across the crowd. A Methodist? What's this Methodist preacher doing praying in tongues? And so there was um, to be this vote about whether we should ordain her or not, mostly focused on this. And I raised my hand, you know, in the back of the room said, hey, uh, chair of the board, uh, let me just say uh, here that John Wesley, if we will all remember our readings in John Wesley, believed in the full expression of all the gifts of the Spirit. And so it's frankly, un-Wesleyan for us to not ordain her simply for this. And then I looked over to a, um, uh, a friend, Ted Campbell, Methodist scholar, and uh, hey, buddy, a little back up here. Uh, and he got up and said, yeah, just, you know, this one time, only this one time, Coleman's right on this one. That's what Wesley said. We're, as a Methodist people, not afraid of the Holy Spirit's work in and among us. We think about moments like this in Acts chapter 2. Tongues of fire come down. The, the disciples start speaking and people hear. This is the first instance of the speaking in tongues. I think a, a primary instance of it. And what is it? It's people speaking, the disciples speaking in their own language, just like I'm speaking in my own language, but there are people who are sitting out in the crowd who are from different countries, different languages, different ethnicities, and they hear these, this preaching in their own tongue, in their own language. It's this early instance where God is sharing with us 
that God values culture, God values language, God values the world such that God is not going to allow there to be anything that inhibits God's message from going forth into the world, all by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is God's agent of life in this world. The Spirit is everywhere in all of creation. The Spirit is there at the beginning of all creation. You may remember as you open up the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, and we see there at the very beginning that God's Spirit is hovering across all of this formless, yet-to-be-formed void. It's a kind of a, a chaos, but God's Spirit is there. Uh, in Hebrew, uh, the word for wind, spirit, wind and spirit mean the same thing. God's Spirit is there, hovering. And as God speaks creation into being, it's power, it's done so by the power of God's Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, we see that, that prophets and, and kings are, are given the Holy Spirit when there's work to do, when there's a crucial leadership moment. And so it's, it's like the, the Spirit is especially reserved for special people and special circumstances. But then it's prophesied that the day will come in the latter days, the day will come when God's Spirit shall be poured out on all flesh. And there we see it in the book of Acts, in chapter 2. God's Spirit being poured out on, on everybody so that we all have this special gift from God. And Jesus tells the disciples, hey, one day... I'm, uh, I'm going to go up to, to, to heaven. The disciples freak out a little bit. What are we, we going to do? Can we, can we come with you, pal? No, no, no. You gotta, you, well, there's going to be time for that, but you've got to wait. You've got to wait on it. But my Father will send His Holy Spirit for you. He will teach you and remind you of everything that I've said to you. It's almost as if Jesus was saying, now there's, there's me. And, and for those of you who can hang out with me, who can be in my proximity, we can have a conversation. It's, it's, a, it's a special gift that, that some of you recognize. But the day will come when everybody can have that gift of proximity to God. God will dwell within you the power of God's Holy Spirit. You don't follow God distantly, but you follow God personally. I was in high school and um, I was already feeling this call to ministry begin to emerge investing myself deeply in the, the study of Scripture and being a part of church life and trying to develop this intimate relationship with, with God in that way. 
And I was on a band trip. I remember we were on a bus going to some concert someplace, or maybe it was a marching band uh, trip of some kind. And I was sitting there talking to uh, the drum major who was a bass clarinet player, as I recall. And we were talking about faith, as you do on a band trip. And uh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, all y'all did that on your high school trips. And, um, and, and if you're in high school, hey, it's, it's not too late. You can do that, you know, next trip. So we're sitting there talking about um, Bible study and relationship with God. And, and she says to me, well, how intimate is your relationship with God? And I said, well, you know, I read my Bible every night and, and I pray, go to church most Sundays, you know, go to youth group, um, you know, all the time. And she said, but, but, but how, how intimate is your relationship with God? I said, well, well what do you mean? Well, she said, look, I've got this book for you. It's called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Now, you don't need to write this one down. The theology in the book, mm, I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend it, but I do want to share the story. So she said it's called Good Morning, Holy Spirit, and so I, I said I'd read it. Uh, the, the author of it uh, talks about having been shaped by the, the people who are part of this Jesus Revolution movement that that movie uh, is about, this movie that's in theaters uh, now, this, this revival of the, of the 70s. And, um, and the, the author says that he's encouraged by one of these leaders to wake up every morning and start off the day by saying, good morning, Holy Spirit. Now, say good morning to the Holy Spirit like you say good morning to your family members or your loved one or a friend or, you know, whoever you greet at the beginning of a day. Good morning, Holy Spirit, as you would a dear friend, because the Holy Spirit is a dear friend. And I love that moment of the book. I can't commend much of the book to you, but I do commend this, this moment in the book because I don't know that I'd ever heard of someone talking about God in, in such intimate terms of friendship and connection. And I thought, gosh, I want that friendship with God. I, I want that kind of connection with God. And for, for many a day, in fact, many a year, I'd start off the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I still start off some mornings. I started off this morning saying, good morning, Holy Spirit. Why is it snowing? That was my second. I, good morning, Holy Spirit. Why is it snowing? That's how we started off this morning. But still, that, that, that intimate connection with God and that stuck with me because, because Paul will say that the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's a place where God's glory, God's presence dwells. That's why the, the church as it moves into the world is, is important. The body of Christ is important. But Paul also says it's not just that the church, generally speaking, is where God's Spirit dwells. God's Spirit dwells in you. And, and so in 1 Corinthians 6, Paul will say, or don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Don't you know that you have the Holy Spirit 
from God. Don't you know that you've got the Holy Spirit from God, that God is ever, always, whether you feel close to God or whether you feel distant from God, God is always with you. You can always trust that. You can always believe that. You can always know that, that God is with you, present in your life, loving you, caring for you, helping you to be the the person that, that God has called you to be. And in your low moments when you don't know if God's there, you don't feel that God's there, you feel distant, you can trust that even though you might feel that way, it's not how God feels about you. God is right there with you, ever loving you, ever ready to receive you, ever ready to speak to you and and guide you. God is always there with you you. God is bringing about this new creation in the midst of your life, in the midst of the the life of the church and the world. Next week, we'll read a passage from John um, chapter 20. As Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit onto the disciples and sends them into the world. Echoing that moment of creation. Remember I said that the, the, the Hebrew word for spirit, ruach, is, is the same as wind. Spirit and wind are the, the same word. And so this, Jesus breathes this fresh holy wind on the disciples, signifying that they are a new creation. Just as In this moment of baptism, we read before, the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus. It's a sign. It's a a symbol of new creation, something new going on. And so just as this happens for Jesus, Jesus says, it's happening for you. It doesn't, it's not just for me, but it's also for you. This power that is at work in Jesus, this power that was at work in Jesus to raise Jesus from the dead is also at work in you, raising you out of all kinds of things and situations and and hardships and pains and traumas of life. This Holy Spirit working in you, working through you so that you too be part of this new creation, that you can be a sign of God's goodness in the world. And, and at moments when you are, when you don't know what to say, when, uh, when you don't know what to do, Spirit can, can guide you. So lovely. It's happened so many times in my life where the Spirit has just moved me to, to speak. I believe the Spirit moved me to speak on behalf of this clergywoman that I mentioned before, and she's doing wonderful, effective ministry, um, growing churches. Gosh, I think what would have happened if, if the church had said no, but again, the Spirit moving us to speak. John 16 talks about the Spirit convicting uh, the world, convicting us all that the world must change. Our lives must change. 
Holy Spirit helps us to see things differently, to be about the work of, of justice in the world, to be about the work of transformation in the world, to be about the work of healing in the world. If you want to know how to do it, you do it with the power and in the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's my, my challenge for us as we think about this, this Holy Spirit who's active in our lives this week. My challenge is for you to, to do just as I um, mentioned before. It's my friend in, in high school challenged me. I know I'm always giving you beginning of morning challenges, but hey, this, this one is an easy tag on. Just wake up. First thing in the morning, before you get your coffee, before you say hello to anyone else, say hello to God. Say hello to God, the Holy Spirit. Just say, good morning, friend. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And just see where the wind takes you. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you, and we hope to see you soon.